Hello and welcome to this edition of Franchise Radio Show. This is Brian Keane from Franchise Simply and I'm delighted to have you here and I'm actually delighted and really privileged to have Roger Simpson. I've been tracking Roger down for a long time. He's a man in high demand um, with an amazing background. He's got 35 years of industry experience and uh, he truly is recognised as Australia's number one authority on customer return on investment in, in retail particularly. But he, he covers across the world. He is a global expert on staff coaching, customer service and selling skills. And who's not in sales? Um, anybody who doesn't put their hand up, I defy you. Um, he's the author of a great book, which I would recommend, called The Retail Solution. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years or so. His company is called The Retail Solution, funnily enough. Um, and he's given training and coaching programs to people in 30 countries. Well-traveled, this man. Um, and he's experienced, um, his clients have experienced sales increases in most cases in excess of 100%. So that's how dynamic and powerful his programs are. It's really looking at productivity um, and long-term results. Um, he specializes particularly in getting immediate results, and he's done this with companies like, you'll be familiar with many of them, 7-Eleven, Beechworth Bakery, that phenomena from Melbourne, Bedshed, BP, Kenmark. Civic Video, Donut King, the list goes on, Just Cuts, Katmandu, people across the board, Richie's, Richie's Supermarkets, the huge IGA subtrain, uh, subchain there, people like Shell, Terry White Pharmacies and the Just Group. So he, he is, um, he's in demand across that whole spectre and continues to be, be so. So um, I have to say from meeting Roger, sitting next to him at a, at a, a workshop we were at, he's really passionate, I know his team are as well, about getting really great customer service, which ends up being a win-win-win for everybody involved. So, Roger, um, welcome. Delighted to have you here. Good day. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to uh, finally get to have a chat. <laughs> you, we, track them, we track the good men down, but it takes time. So, I don't know, is there anything you'd like to add to my little um, overview there? Oh, I think you've done a splendid job, Brian. Okay. I just mentioned to people, um, you know, we do have some gems and you may get access if you're one of my members, you'll get access to this video and the, and the transcription um, as long as you're involved with our members' website, etc. But for others listening particularly, um, I suggest you do have a notepad. If you haven't got one, leap up and grab one and a pen and just make some notes as you go through because these gems do go in one ear and out the other within a few minutes. So. Make sure you take a note, because I know there's going to be some good stuff here. So, um, right, Roger, get started um, with the big picture. How do you, how, the simple, the simple point, I suppose. Uh, I don't think I've given you the title actually yet. In my enthusiasm to introduce Roger, it's optimizing your sales outcomes, or getting your team to do what you want them to do. So, with that in mind, um, how do you get staff to do what you want them to do, Roger? Uh, Thanks, Brian. That's the, I guess it's the $6 million question, as they say. And it's actually, I'm asked this quite often because I, I deal with a lot of uh, franchisees and a lot of uh, store managers who just get really frustrated when, they, when their team aren't actually performing or doing what they want them to do. And I think it, it really comes down to, and I always talk about there's really only two reasons why people don't do things. And number one is they, they don't know what to do, They've, and they might have been trained two months ago, two years ago, or whatever, 
So sometimes it, it, it's just that they've forgotten what to do or they've got into a bad habit. Or the second point is they, they don't want to do it, and that's a much more challenging situation to be in. So what I, f I find is that most people fall into the first category, which is really they've, as I said, they've sort of forgotten, they might have done the training, and then, they, and then they've just got, as I said, got, got into a bad habit. So what I look at, and I provide advice around this and, and training, is looking at making sure that your people know what your expectations are. Because how can they actually perform if they don't know what those expectations are? Mm. And when I say expectations, it's really finding out from the customers, you know, what do our customers actually want when we deliver great customer service? What does that actually mean? And it's, it hasn't really changed, I think, for years, Brian. And, and I, I think it's interesting. We're, we just seems to be going away from the basics. We, you go into most stores and you struggle to find someone who actually acknowledges you or looks at you or even smiles at you. Hmm. I, don't think, I don't think customers want amazing things. They want the basics, which is, is, just, is, pretty, is pretty damn simple. So it's about expectations and particularly then getting uh, staff to understand the reasons why they need to do these things. You know, why, do you, why do customers want to see you smile when they first walk in? What message is it does it send the customer? So it's so it's really about about expectations. Then obviously it's training and retraining, and that's a and that's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop. Unfortunately, I think what happens is that a number of uh, businesses, you know, we train staff when they first start during the induction process, and then we just seem to leave them to it and hope they will continue to do. So it's training and retraining. Then it's about uh, if a franchisee works in the business, uh, which most do obviously, and store managers, they have to lead by example. That's just critical because if they don't lead and perform how they want their staff to perform, it's not going ha to happen. Then the next part of that, of course, is making sure you're actually following up to see what your staff are doing. Are they actually delivering what they've agreed to do? And unfortunately, this is where most businesses fall down. They, they, they don't do that follow-up. They just uh, just hope it happens. And unfortunately, um, this is why we have that service. So follow, following up is really important. And then the next step is they need to provide um, feedback on a regular basis. So That's those okay. are my five sort of five key points I um I talk to business about, and, and, and our training is all premised around those five key points. Okay. Well, I was a bed shed 30 years ago, <laughs> going back a bit, um, in the early days. Yep. Uh, yeah, we, something we used to use, actually, I'd, I'd like your view on this, was the, uh, the silent shopper, the mystery shopper to come yes, in yes, the shop. Is, yes. that, is that something that's still, still workable? Because it can be used, of course, across a whole range of different industries. It doesn't have to be necessarily bedding retail or any particular uh, facet of business. No, and that's, um, mystery shopping has certainly been something that's, that's been in vogue for a number of years. And I find that uh, it, it certainly has some benefits uh, because it's, it's, it's someone coming into your business to check you out, what do you actually like at that moment? And, and I think, I think it's a, it can be really powerful, good for trends as well. The basic weaknesses I see, though, Brian, around any, particularly mystery shopping, is it's not done frequently enough. It's done mm. once a month at, at most. 
So your your customer service is 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 sort of assessed on maybe one transaction out of five thousand. So statistically, I think it's insignificant, mm. and usually it's just one it's one person. You don't you don't get the um, you don't catch the other staff. But the other other big thing I think where it falls down is in the in how the feedback is provided because what I've seen so many times with various clients is that they get the results probably seven or eight days after it's actually happened, and unfortunately, the a lot of franchisees and managers then go oh when they get a bad score oh that's that's not right my staff always wear name badges they always. Uh, ask for loyalty cards. They always suggest other products that can't be my store, and they and they don't see it as the valuable feedback that it is. So they just tend to try and justify. So the feedback's often not uh, not accepted very well. So what I was saying before about those five key points is that the fourth one about following up and evaluating your staff. That's where I think every business owner, franchisee, manager has to be their own mystery shopper. You need to have someone in your business that's constantly evaluating staff, not to catch them out, but in fact to see what are the trends because then then you can fix things. And also the feedback needs to be immediate. You can't wait seven days. You can't even wait seven minutes. Hmm. If you want to fix behaviour, you've got to give that person the feedback as soon as you see the behaviour that you either like, which is positive feedback, or the behaviour you don't like, which is how, how do they improve. Right, okay, there's a, there's a lot of value in what you say there, and I must say, I, I find that quite illuminating. So, you mentioned, you stressed really about the importance, understandably, of communicating expectations. Um, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Because that's what you're talking about there, is expectations, prompt feedback, and then continual monitoring, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's interesting, because... I'll, I'll often go into in, into businesses and I'll, I'll ask, you know, do you have a customer service standard? Do you have a process? Do you have a sales process? Uh, and often they do have, have processes, but they don't, staff just don't, you know, they, they either end up in a manual or they end up on a, on a, on a, on a, on a wall or in, a, in, a, in the back of a toilet door. And so people actually, they just, they become blind to these things. They don't, Bring out these expectations um, on a daily basis. I, I do lots of lots of blogging, um, Brian, and, and so I do lots of research and find out what you know, what great companies are doing. And there's a, there's a hotel chain um, and the Ritz Carlton. And one of the things that they do, they've, they've got I think there's 16. They call it their uh, their customer interactions. They've got 16 key points. And what they do every day is they discuss one of the points at um, at team meetings and. Every and it's interesting because I, I talked to business owners, franchisees. I said, "How many have team meetings?" And most generally do. But it's probably once a month at, at best. I said, "Okay, well, how, how many actually have a two or three minute catch up before you open the doors?" And very, very few do. And that's the chance to set your expectations for the day. Talk about the results from the previous day, your various KPIs, average sale items per customer, and Guys, we're down a bit on sales, we're down a bit on budget, or we're, we're down a bit on items per customer. What can we do today to actually lift that result? Have a very informal chat for about 30 to, seconds to a minute, doesn't take too long, then let's go. Then they've got to do that follow-up during the day. So it's constantly setting expectations and then measuring against those expectations, which, I mean, unfortunately, Brian, 
as you probably know, is that franchisees and store managers get tied up in, in, in stuff they shouldn't be doing, out the back doing reports. It's just you can't manage a business by, um, by being out the back. No, you're absolutely right. Actually, that brings to mind uh, about seven or eight years ago, I was involved with a pharmacy chain and uh, spent some time with a guy you may know of him called Vern Harnish. Oh, yes, yes, yep, yep. And, and he taught us that three minutes in the morning. So we used to start in the office at three minutes before opening time, before starting time and in the yep. shops and just have a basically, what are you going to do today and what are the rocks? What's yep. in the way? Can anybody help you? And basically, and ticking off what was done the next day. So that endorses that. And uh, that's certainly a great process to do. And it, it takes discipline because it's so easy to say, oh, I'm a bit late making coffee. Correct. <laughs> we'll leave it till tomorrow. Uh, but what I'm hearing from you is it's all about timing. It's promptness, effectiveness, yep. because otherwise you know, the tea gets cold, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, and also, also I think, Brian, is, it, is that it is about having a focus. Mm. And what, what I find, unfortunately, is often staff and managers are measured on how well they tick the boxes around operational requirements and getting tasks done. How clean's the store? How much stock has been put away, um, etc. But they actually don't focus too much on the people things because when you when you look at, I think most retailers are finding it, um, you know, certainly challenging because a lot of competition now. A lot of big players coming in from overseas. A lot of people are now going into other fields to expand their reach. So it's, it's really competitive. So how, how do we how do we make sure that we that we beat our competition? And we've got to be focused around getting it, getting our, our staff to sell more to our existing customers. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's that's where there's not enough focus. What I find, and I've, I've just actually been up. Um, up in Bendigo the last couple of days with one of my lovely clients, the, the Beechworth Bakery that you mentioned before, just doing some work with the supervisors around helping them to delegate, empower and follow up. And often young, you know, these are young supervisors coming through and they're not actually taught how to, how to give feedback. So they don't do it very well. They end up doing tasks themselves because they can't <laughs> delegate well. So, mm. and then, as you know, then, it, then, the, then they don't have time to follow up. So it's a bit of a catch-22, but I think it's really critical that we, we spend more time one-on-one -on -one with our staff. You know, not, we don't have to spend too long with them, but how they're going today, what help do they need, and what can I do to provide that help? Right. So you segued into my next question, which was basically how can, how can we, you know, as company owners, franchisees, succeed communicating expectations from the start, you know, and giving feedback to people in exactly what you're beginning to describe there, I think. Yeah, I, I find that. Um, it's it, it's the whole thing about businesses clearly, as I said, and I'll keep banging on about this, about, about setting expectations, and then how, how are their staff measured? And when you go out the back in, in, in any retailer, uh, that, that's where, where the measurement needs to be. You know, how, how is the team performing? How's the store performing? How are individuals performing? It's clearly communicating those results, and they've got to be updated daily. But also what I, what I see is that staff come into work and they're starting their shift. And like you mentioned before, I'll put my bag away and maybe get a cup of tea or a bottle of water or whatever, and then I'll gradually just slide out and start serving some customers. And it might take me a little while to get warmed up. And within 
before I know, I, I've worked an hour and I haven't been that focused about focusing on uh, on extra sales or loyalty cards with the, with the customers. Now, to me, that's not acceptable. Is that when they come in, first thing they should be doing when they put their bag away is looking as a communication board about how did we go yesterday, how was my performance yesterday, and then I should come out and, and talk to my to my manager or franchisee, and they should ask me a question: How did you go yesterday? And I went, oh, you look, I was a bit down on uh, on such and such. Um, that's the area I, I'm going to really focus on this morning. Awesome. Do you need any help from me? As we've already said, no. Look, I'm good to go. Okay, great. Then follow up to see whether they're actually doing it. And it's constantly just reviewing and it's making the big thing I find is that managers, franchisees don't hold their staff accountable enough. Mm. They can they can come into work, they can work their four hours or their eight hours or whatever and go home and if results have been good, then great. But if results have been bad, well, I still got paid. Can't do it these days, Brian, as you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is the mindset of so many people. So uh, accountability is the key, is what I'm hearing there. Tell me, I know when I've chatted to you, you, you have some interesting background. I'm always curious. There's a couple of people I've met in the past who, in common with you, um, spent time at Disney. Yes. Um, yeah, well, what, what, what could you share with us you learned from them? I mean, they've got a reputation as being quite an awesome organisation. Yes, yeah, and it's and that was a bit of a, um, a dream come true, Brian, actually go, um, going to Disneyland. And uh, I won't tell you about my, uh, my little moment when, um, when I first met Mickey Mouse because it's a little bit embarrassing for a grown man, but it's, uh, <laughs> let's move on past that. So I had the opportunity to to go to the Disney Institute and a bit like McDonald's where they have the Hamburger University, Disney have a Disney Institute. And so we had the opportunity and, and uh, Tom O'Toole um, from the Beechworth Bakery was asked to go with, a, with, a, with another group of, of Australians and he said to me, he said, look, I, th I think it'd be, it would be well worth you going as well. So I went over, to, um, over there with Tom and actually he took two of his store managers as, as a bit of a, bit of a re reward for, uh, for doing some great work. And so we had two days at the Disney Institute and that was looking at their approach to people management. So they run public courses that people can attend. And it was about their approach to people management. And what we looked at is, is about how they set expectations, how they recruit, how they train, and how they reward their staff. And the big standouts for me were I knew that their recruitment process would be pretty good, but it's it's just exceptional. And one thing that they that I was an idea that the Beechworth Bakeries have come back and put into place is about what they call their non negotiables. So they're very clear from the moment you first interact with Disney that these are our expectations and our non-negotiables. So, for example, one of the things is that you know, they're open 365 days of the year. So you'll be re required to work weekends and public holidays. Now, if people go, I don't want to do that, then they self-select out of the process before they get any further. So what, ha what happens is as they're funneled through the recruitment process, they're screened and so what you end up with in an interview would be the right people with the right attitudes. So I, those non-negotiables in the Beechwood Bakery have introduced, um, I think, the baker's dozen, so the 13 rules. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and one, of the, one of the rules is that you are required to have fun, at, um, fun each day at work. So what they, the emphasis is on come to work but enjoy yourself. And that, mm. and that transmits to customers, obviously. So that was an amazing point. The other, other part 
that I really got a, I got a lot of um, information out of was their training. And, 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 I, and I, again, I knew that their training would be pretty phenomenal, and it is. But the one thing I, I they didn't share, so I, I asked was, how do you make sure that, like the question you asked me at the start, how do you make sure once you've done all this training that your that your uh, staff actually live up to the expectations and do what you want them to do? And our Disney trainer said, our team leaders follow up every day with three staff members. Okay. So every day they spend 70% of their time out in the in the park. So they're not 30% of their time is sort of admin, etc. But 70% is they are freed up to be working where they need to be working with, which is with their team. And they have to formally evaluate three of their staff every day. So I, I said, what do you use? He said, we, we have a checklist, which he sent to me. And it's been, it's very similar to checklists that we've been training people in in the last 20 years. So it's just, here's the expectations. Does someone actually meet those expectations? And they give them feedback daily. So that's their discipline, Brian. That's why, that's why they provide such a fantastic product and they've been, been, you know, pushing out that product at a at a phenomenal level for the last sixty years. And Walt Disney was a he was a key one of instigating all this. He was very much about the people. So that's, that's extraordinary, isn't it? And uh, so it's about the people and and really the discipline. And it's not it's non negotiable. There are basic rules, yeah. and that's it. Because once you get outside those, the system falls apart. Yeah, well, it's it's like what. Well, what most businesses have is, is we all have rules, as we know. We need to have rules because otherwise we have anarchy. And so we have rules. And unfortunately is that what we often reinforce is, you know, we reinforce the operational rules, you know, mm -hmm. food handling, which, are, you know, which is really important. And I'm not saying it's not, but we don't reinforce the people rules about, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, one thing that just frustrates me when I, when I go shopping is, is the, the lack of people's passion about serving customers resulting in not smiling, etc. And you look at any any business, as I've said before, would have service steps, and on there would be smiling. It's yeah. not they don't they don't have on there don't smile at customers. We don't think it's important. It's on there, and but it's like saying to a um, to a staff member, here's our expectations. But look, just do it if you feel like it. If you're in a good mood, you, know, you can smile at the customers. If you don't if you don't feel like it, don't do it. You know, unacceptable, Brian. Absolutely. It's amazing. The people that have understood this for decades, like Walt Disney, have been, have been reinforced in the last five to ten years with all the research into the brain and emotional intelligence. And they're saying to us, if you smile, it will actually transmit a message to people beyond just the facial smile. It That's actually different. creates a relationship and, yep. and trust. Um, so uh, it's something we will, and if we do smile, <laughs> I recently did an exercise of counting how many times I smiled in a day. And, and then you look back and say, what sort of day did you have? You say, terrific. Yeah, that's right, exactly. It's amazing. So that's yeah. fascinating. So I see you're applying really what is science to a business to make it really successful and continuously. Yeah, yeah. and I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep going back to about focusing on what you want to have achieve in your business. Whatever, and as we know, whatever you focus on gets done. Yeah. And if you focus on having great service, which is what Disney do, and, and they're phenomenal about it. They, you know, it's almost uh, uh, 
almost an American way over the top focused about it, but but they are very, very, very good at it, and it just and it does come across as as pretty genuine service. So that's what we that's what we lack here in Australia. We don't have the focus on it. Right, yeah, and genuine is the key there, isn't it? You, Absolutely. So, so when you're talking about these these team these managers who spend seventy percent of their day with the team people, that that so they're basically coaching them. Um, Correct. Yes. Could you go through a little bit of that of how you perhaps use that concept of of coaching from a practical point of view, Roger? Absolutely. So I mentioned before about working with these supervisors is is and they lack the ability to give feedback or the skill. And I asked them yesterday when we when we were in our little training session. I said, "How many of you have actually learnt how to give feedback?" And none of them none of them have. You know, a lot of them are not long out of school, you know, in their early twenties. And it's certainly we don't learn we don't learn how to give feedback at school. Uh, we receive lots of feedback, but we don't we don't learn about it. And that's the big thing that. Um, and, and what I what I come back to is that there's I think there's two really key things about feedback that's missing, is that the follow up and evaluating doesn't happen. Is that managers actually have staff performing at a at a level that is not acceptable underneath their nose, and they don't even know because they, they don't focus on it. Once you notice it though, then okay, we can deal with it, and. Every exercise I do um, with, with, with businesses, I look at, okay, here's your service steps. Now just go through and mark the areas that, um, that you know that your staff don't do consistently. And every business, they go, there's this issue, there's this issue, there's this issue. And I go, who would like to know how to fix it? And they go, yes, please, tell us, tell us. <laughs> and all I'd simply show them then is a simple little feedback. There's two little um, feedback models we use. And it's very much focused around trying to catch people doing things right. Because as I ask, what are we really good at doing? Catching people doing things wrong. Hmm. You know, they do one, hmm. don't do one, you know, don't, they miss one thing, bang, we're on them. And, and, and they just go, oh man, I hate this place. It's just, it's just too negative. So I, I fundamentally believe that most people want to do a, a great job, Brian. And with that philosophy in mind, let's focus on catching them doing things right. So, as an example, and I'll use a, a nice easy one that I think quite a lot of businesses will relate to, because uh, most businesses have, have a loyalty card these days. Yeah. And it's about um, obviously making sure that their staff actually ask the customers for their loyalty card. Yeah. And I go into businesses and I might have a loyalty card and I'll often, I won't get it out of my wallet, I'll, I'll just see if they ask me, and most businesses don't. Mm. So, it's such a simple, simple thing, and that's because... No one's following up with the staff to make them aware of actually that they're not doing it. Um, so, so the the simple process we, uh, process we actually use is if someone is actually asking a customer for their um, for their loyalty card, let's tell them, "Hey, great job, Brian. Love the way you asked the last customer for their loyalty card." Because what are you going to do? You do it again. Yeah, yeah. But look, we're, we all want recognition. It's a human element. It's not. It's not. It's not vanity. It's not no. arrogance. We all. That's the way we're built. You know, we need a bit of recognition, a bit of acknowledgement, the fact we're there, not just another fly on the wall, as it were. So, um, and I think that issue you mentioned about feedback, you know, the, the thing I notice more and more, and we, we all fall for it, is we have an inherent fear of making a mistake, of, of doing something wrong. Yes, yes. And, and if you can, if people can overcome that, 
then you get transparency, then you can give real feedback. Yes. Yeah, and it's and that whole, the whole mistake thing, it, it's about just giving, empowering people to make decisions. And if you make a mistake, it's okay, we're all human, let's talk about it and actually work on, on how we can improve it for next time. It's not a big deal. And that's the $64,000 question I've got for you, Roger. When you find somebody making a mistake, you know, cutting a corner, not mm -hmm. doing something, whatever it might be, yep. where do you draw the line and how do you, how do you address it? Yeah, and, yeah, what we look at, Brian, is, is again, if I go back to that Lordy card situation as, a, as an example, is, so if I'm, if I'm a franchisee and I'm working with a, with a staff member, I'll just use the name Brian for some strange reason, and so, so Brian, Brian's my staff member. We've had a, we've had a discussion. Um, I know Brian knows that um, he has to ask for the loyalty cards, but for some reason, Brian's not asking for the loyalty card. Now, what we've got to be careful about is straight away giving, as soon as I walk out, I observe you serving one customer and you didn't ask for the loyalty card. If I jump on you then, then I run the risk of you might have asked the last 20 customers, you've just missed one. So hmm. what, we, what we look at is you know, let's try and establish a bit of a pattern. So I'll normally evaluate over three customers and if you haven't asked any of those three customers, then I know you're probably not doing it. So the feedback I would simply use there is, hey, Brian, I just noticed with the last three customers uh, that you didn't ask, ask any of those three for their loyalty card. So that's, in my tone of voice, is pretty neutral, and I just tell, I'll just tell you the facts. Then I'm going to ask you, and this is, this is the key thing, because what ma most managers, franchisees do is they then tell you, what you must do is you must do this. And it's very, very sort of directive, and it's also you just nod and smile, and I have no idea whether the feedback's got in. So we change that simply to to asking a question. It's not why didn't you? It's why is it important that we need to do that? And then you have to think. You're going to come up with a positive answer. Then I'm going to go great. You okay to have a go at the next customer? Yeah. And I do lots of this. We run training courses to teach managers, franchisees, how to provide this feedback. Because it sounds really simple. <laughs> but most struggle to do it. And I, I do a lot of then I'll go into store after the training course and I'll coach with area managers, actually coaching store managers or franchisees. And we work with staff who haven't been on the training course, don't even know who I am, and we get about a 95% positive result where they change behaviour immediately because they're, just not, they're not even aware that they're not doing it, not doing it on purpose. So... Same thing, Brian, about um, about other standards. If it, if it's a uh, you know for, for some we're not going we're not going to observe three transactions. We need to deal with it immediately. But it's just making them aware. So for example, it might be a um, a facing and fronting issue. You know, so one of, one of the areas is, is someone's gone out to check a cabinet to see whether it, whether it's um it's been uh, whether it's full or not, and they've actually missed an area because it's you know this product fallen fallen down in the front and they've just walked past and, and they haven't they haven't. Um, notice that. So I take them back out and go. So you, you just you just walk past and, and uh, look at the cabinet and, and said it's okay. What do you think actually needs to be needs to be improved here? Because I'm seeing some things. Oh yeah. So we help them. Great. Excellent. Let's go and fix that now. So it's not a you must, you have to, you didn't, you're wrong. All that blaming language just gets people defensive. So there's there's quite a there's quite a skill in giving feedback. Hmm. Most managers are not quite aware of that because 
as I said, it's never been trained. I've never been I've never been made aware of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's about tone, I guess. And what yeah. I'm getting from you, it's it's really how you do. As you said, a lot of people they get aggressive when they give feedback. Yes, and that means obviously then naturally your team member, your franchisee, whoever you're dealing with, is going to become defensive and straight away it's adversarial. Hey, what about what's going to happen to the customer? You know, yeah, <laughs> you're not making much headway. Yeah. No. It, it's the same thing about, and one of, one of my favourite topics to um, to teach is around how do you sell more to customers. So it's the you know, people call it. Um, it's been called for years upselling or add-on selling or whatever. Now I love doing that, but we train uh, staff and franchisees how to do it in a way that's not pushy. So it's making customers aware. So for example, you know. The, Often businesses have a um, have a, they might have a coffee and muffin deal, for example. So customer customer comes up and gets a coffee, and then most people, um, if they do say something, and this is the problem is quite a few staff don't say anything, but if they do say something, they would say, "Oh, would you like a muffin with that?" And and customers are so sick of hearing "Would you yeah. like?" Mm. they just go, "No, just the coffee." So the staff member gets gets disheartened, and then, and then they go. Oh, I don't want to do this, so they just stop doing it. So we teach other ways, which is making them aware of the special. So, so rather than saying "Would you like," we say things like, "Do you know? Do you know about a coffee and muffin deal?" And if they want to know, they'll go, "Well, what is it?" Oh, for such and such, you can get this, and the uptake is much is much higher. The rejection is almost zero because they're not saying, "I don't want it." They go, "Oh no, I'm fine, thanks." And then we. Uh, then the challenge, of course, is that um, is about you know, how do you then follow up to get people to do it. So then they need to be trained about using these new techniques. But going back to the point of if someone's not doing that over a couple of customers, similar sort of thing. We'd ask them. So I noticed with the, with the last three customers that you haven't you haven't mentioned um, our our promo to any of those three customers. So why is it important that we do that? Oh, because so we can sell more. Yeah, what's in it for the customer? Oh, They'll get a better deal. Great. So, what could you what could you say to the next customer? Not you must say this. What could you say? And so, it's really about helping them to um, to come up with their own answers, and that makes a massive difference. Much more powerful staff buying. That is, it's that story of having ownership, isn't it? If somebody has ownership, they'll do it because they they've got a pride in it, and. Um, it gives them the satisfaction. Now, you've, you've given us lots of little gems there. I've been scribbling away like mad. I've got a couple of pages filled. It applies. <laughs> it really does apply to any business in any situation, the rules, you know, the things you're yeah. talking about. No two ways about it. it yeah. I, a lot of it I, is, is in the family environment as well. It's the same principle. Uh, <laughs> in fact, well, even more so in many cases. Yeah, that's what, it, it's just, just the basic, basic fundamentals of actually how to communicate effectively so people know what your expectations are and then how well are you doing against those expectations. And you know, as I, I, I said before, is it, I think most people want to do a good job, Brian. They don't, they don't get out of bed in the morning and go, I'm going to make my bosses um, day in absolute misery. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of bosses think they do, but quite often it's actually the boss's fault because they're not giving them any feedback to help them be successful. Yeah, it's a two-way street. Tell me, you, uh, you shared, I've got these notes, bits and pieces. Are, are there any final tips you'd like to add to, to, to uh, the conversation just so that people can use just to uh, really understand how they can be more effective with staff and so forth or team members? Yeah, I think it's just, it's just being positive with your staff. And really focusing on 
what good things are they doing and tell them, but not just saying, great job today, Brian. You need to keep doing that. But if, if I want to reinforce a behaviour that you are doing, I need to tell you specifically what that behaviour is. So I might see you do something that you don't normally do. Hey, Brian, I really like the way that um, you saw that customer um, needed needed some help to a table. You walked out from behind the counter and actually helped them to get to the table. That's, I mean, that's really nice service. And if I'm specific and tell you what you've done, as we said before, you're going to do it again. So, and I think as well, my passion is, is, is helping businesses offer awesome customer service, but also look at ways they can increase sales. And there's so many opportunities where customers are open to offers if we do it well. And like I said before, I've had many examples where I've gone into store and it's, it's like, um, almost divine intervention, Brian, where, I'll go in and they'll go. Oh, yeah, I find it really hard. You know, my my customers don't you know don't often you know buy this the special. And I said, well, just we talk about the techniques and just have a go. And then I was in a I was in a, in a service station in um in uh, Brisbane, and the store manager was actually she was challenged about her upselling, and we talked about the techniques, and she goes, oh, I don't know. And she said, I got lots of taxi drivers, and you know, they don't they don't buy anything else. And I said, well, look, the next customer that comes in off the forecourt, why don't you just have a go? She goes, oh, okay. So next customer is a taxi driver. I thought, oh, man. <laughs> and, and he comes, and, I, and she goes, oh, I said, just, just have a go, just have a go. So she uses a really good technique, something along the lines of, have you seen our special today? And he goes, no, what's that? And got, you know, two chocolate bars or whatever it might have been. He goes, great, I'll, I'll have two, thanks. And you could, you know, she almost fell over <laughs> from the shop. But what we do so many times, we make assumptions that, oh, no, they won't, uh, that not the right type of customer, just do it. Yeah. yeah you can, mm. Just do it. And you can never make assumptions about people from their appearance. That's something that uh, we should all have learned that one by now with painful, we, pain, we pain, painful examples. <laughs> we should, Brian, but we somehow never do, do we? No. Look, these things don't get passed on because... We all want to learn it ourselves, don't we? This is the challenge of, uh, yeah. you may have someone there who's an absolute gun salesperson, gun trainer, but hey, you know what? I won't accept theirs. I need to learn for myself. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's human yeah. nature. <laughs> that'll exactly. Be, that'll make sure you're in demand, uh, for as long yeah, as. Yeah, did right. Did right. No, look, that's been yeah. fabulous. I got some great stuff from that. Um, a couple of things I would like to do. Certainly, uh, from my point of view, I picked up just a handful of the things I've noted here that I think are really important. And um, and one of them was the aspect of retraining, just continuing to do that and, and following yeah. up to make sure that's done. Um, mm. And remembering it's not about tasks, it's more about the people. It's yeah, more yeah. about that, that relationship. And, uh, um, and, and bearing in mind some of those Disney examples you mentioned about you do have to have some non-negotiables. And it's as simple as that, whether it's rings in your face or whatever it might be or, or whatever the behavior, um, it, it's uh, out important. And I like that, that emphasis about pre-opening, if you like, meetings, those brief meetings before mm. you start mm. the day. How would you go yesterday? Tell me what went well and then what do you got on today and what are the challenges? Okay, let's get out there and do it and smile. Yeah. I, I think having a big smiling face somewhere would definitely, definitely behind the toilet door and over the kitchen sink. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. But, uh, and, and that key one, gee, you hear it so often, 
would you like, I mean, that's mm. the old Maccas, isn't it? Would you like fries with that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But do you know about, mm. it, it suddenly it raises uh, curiosity, doesn't it? It's that's like, right. And, and, and the secret to that, Brian, is that um, that's why I, I love I love those techniques about changing because you know we talk about uh, when you say something like "Would you like" or "Can I interest you?" is straight away we actually asking the customer to buy. It's either yeah. a, a yes or no, hmm. and because as I said, you know, m uh, most customers it's been rammed down their throat. When I go into a service station now, or when I go and get my coffee, they're going to try and get me to buy something else. Yeah. You change it round to making them aware, and we we call our process product awareness. It's not upselling; it's product awareness. And with that in mind, and, and, I, and I say to staff, you don't have to sell. It's not your job. Your job is to provide information or provide advice or recommendations, etc. And because the customer is the one who controls it. And the beautiful thing about it is that if you say to a customer, do you know about our special? And they don't want to know, they'll go, no, I'm good, thanks. So you don't have to bombard them with a whole lot of information they don't want. But most, well, not most, but there's a fair, a fair percentage that will go, oh, no, what is it? And then that allows you to actually tell them, tell them what the offer is. And it's just, it's just so powerful. It really is. Roger, it's been fantastic. There's so much in here. I really look forward to sharing this information with more and more people. And, uh, so. All right, Brian. Just in just in wrapping up, um, yeah. if people want a copy of your book, how do they yeah. get hold of a copy of the of the retail solution? It's called, I believe, your book. Yep, it certainly is. Um, they can um, go to my website and which is www.theretailsolution.com.au, right. and they can simply just uh, click on the uh, the uh, book icon, and they can download my uh, ebook for free. Oh, really? Well, that's a great offer. Well, there you go. And, and what about if someone wants to have a chat to you, Roger? What's the best way of going about that? Yeah, look, more than welcome. I'd, I'd love to have a chat if a, if a franchisee or franchisor or a store manager has, um, has some challenges. Uh, more than happy to, to have a chat. And my contact details are, are available on, on my website as well. Lovely. Okay. I'll publish the website details together with the uh, the radio show when that goes to line. So, look, I'd just like to thank you very much indeed for your time today. Really enjoyed it. Um, gained a lot of knowledge, and I'm sure everybody else has, and uh, um, shared some great some great information. So, thanks very much indeed. Look forward to chatting you to you again, Roger, when next we meet. And yep. to everyone else, have a fantastic time. I hope you reap the benefits of this particular interview and look forward to uh, sharing more great news with you when we do our next Franchise Radio Show. Cheerio. Welcome to the Franchise.